Hello, and welcome back to a very special interview edition of the Texas Private School Podcast. Today, we are lucky to be joined by Blinn Junior College kicker, punter, kickoff specialist, literally everything under the sun, Alex Quintero. Alex, how are you? How does it feel to be on the Texas Private School Podcast? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for having me, guys. You know, I uh, I watched this my last couple of years uh, in high school, so it's, I mean, it's great to be on it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We, um, if you didn't know already, Alex played at Grace Community with me in high school. So we've been, we've been friends ever since you transferred in from the school down the street. And, uh, we knew that we wanted to have him on at some point and basically talk about the junior college route as it relates to football, obviously, and just kind of give sort of an idea of kids for kids who want to go to junior college and what that kind of route looks like. But some context first. You're a five-star punter and kicker rated by Coles Camp. So you're the number two JUCO punter in rated by Coles and also the number two available transfer specialist. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah, you have that right. Um, I think I'm, like, number two kicker and then, like, number three punter. Uh, overall number two transfer available with them right now. So you, you have a little bit of credentials. So basically, we, we can kind of – you can kind of back up what you're saying. Yeah, you you I, can I say, say you're so. good if you want to say you're good. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's very very talented. I've I've gotten a chance to watch Alex ever since he was in high school, and I don't say this about a lot of people, but he has one of the best work ethics I've ever seen in my life, and that's that's no cap. You want to say anything, Walker? To open the episode. Um. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for coming on. And you know, it's it's pretty cool. You know, you know, Wes and I just you know talk sometimes about you know you know how we who we play with and all that. And you know, anytime we always mention a kicker. We're like, hey, we you, you you always talk about Alex and how much you know how great he is and like you said, like his work ethic is insane. So um, I guess I mean, unless you have a question to open it up, I guess you know, out of out of high school, like what made you like how was that recruiting process for you and what was the true decision to get into JUCO? Uh, I mean, well, I had you know obviously my senior year was like the COVID year, yep, the year that you know the. Uh, college guys got an extra year of eligibility and the transfer portal opened up so they didn't have that year penalized if they transferred. Um, so a lot of guys chose to stay. Uh, I was supposed to go to this one school I really wanted to go and I had a few other options but it just kind of fell through with the COVID stuff. Right. Um, you know, I heard about JUCO and I thought it'd just be a good way for me to get more film and more exposure hopefully and, you know, go there for a year or semester and then get out. Right. I mean, from a guy who kind of works in the industry, I mean, when we talked about the transfer rule as like the transfer portal and like that, giving those college athletes that, you know, as, a, you know, a fans or college fans, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, your guy gets to come back next week. But guys who, you know, kind of thought about it, you realize, hey, that one year for that eligibility is going to hurt just everyone who's also just in the transfer portal for college athletes. And then also it keeps the trickle down effect to high school athletes. Um, I guess how difficult was that to kind of deal with and how frustrating was that? I mean, it was pretty frustrating. Um, you know, yeah, I've heard a lot of coaches say that it was definitely the worst recruiting class for kicking, punting, and just overall they've seen because a lot of guys just came back for that extra year of eligibility. Their spot that they were going to give up to a high school kid or another incoming player was just, like, not there anymore because they came back. So it was definitely uh, – very frustrating and tough, but 
you know, I can't control it. It's ultimately like the player that stayed is his decision, so right. can't do much about it. But yeah, no, that is that is really tough. And you hear a lot of kids that came out of the uh, was it the twenty one class? Yeah, the twenty one code year class. It just there were so many like monkey wrenches thrown into that whole process that it's really really complicated. And the addition of the the prominence of the transfer portal has really kind of aggravated that problem even further so it's it's really interesting i'm really glad we have a guy on that can talk about from personal experience navigating this era of recruiting because we truly are in a new era of recruiting since basically covid happened and then like i said the advent of the really the implementation of the transfer portal so some more context like i said you started at, at bishop gorman your freshman year at school that's bitter rivals with grace so it's really funny i remember you transferred you transferred in and you came, you started coming to summer workouts. And I just knew that I saw you come in and I knew that you were a guy that had transferred in from Gorman. And immediately I figured I probably wouldn't like you just because you were from Gorman. And I don't know what compelled me to go up and have a conversation with you, but somehow I did. And somehow I'm pretty sure like I was your first friend at Grace. Is that, was that right? Yeah, no, definitely. I remember it too, you know, summer workouts. Um, I think we had a guy on the team that quit and, uh, he was right next to your locker, so I just ended up moving in uh, right next to you and uh, Uchenna, and, you know, I think it just kind of took off from there. Yeah, but. that's funny because I'm not the most social person in the world, so I really don't know why I decided to initiate conversation, but somehow I did, and I guess it's led to you being able to come on a podcast through that ripple effect, so I'm glad that it happened, but like I said, you transferred to Grace your sophomore year, you played with me. We actually beat Gorman, your old school, that year, which I know is a very good memory for both of us. But you finished out your career at Grace as an All-State kicker, punter, as well as an All-State linebacker and even receiver. Was that right, or were you All-District linebacker? I was All-District okay. for those, yeah. But you were All-State for the kicking and punting. So. Yeah. A true athlete. Oh, you know, he's, a, he's a renaissance man for sure. I'll pull up a video of him later. I do think you might be, you might be the strongest kicker in all of junior college. I don't – it might be close. Ooh. I I have nothing to oh, comment yeah, there, you, but like you'll, you'll see why he's he's jacked. I'll I'll say it for him. He's one of he's a freak athlete. And I don't understand how, but so basically to get into some of the questions, what does a typical day look like for you in the three facets of your season in fall camp, in season, and then in the off season? Just kind of give us a run through of what your day looks like. So anyone that's interested in going to junior college can kind of see what that process looks like. Oh yeah, for sure. So. Fall camp is honestly, it was pretty, uh, it was fun. I liked it, but it was tough. You know, you got to get up early in the morning, go get breakfast, breakfast check. Uh, that's usually around like 7 to 7.30. Uh, there is a punishment if you miss it. Um, then we moved into meetings, you know, just kind of going over plays, schemes, um, everything. After that, we had either practice or we would lift weights. Um, and then, you know, after that, We'd have a break, go get lunch, uh, rehab, ice baths, stuff like that. And then we would go back and, you know, get another session into practice or another workout, conditioning, stuff like that. And you do have to be taking classes over the summer. I think the minimum is four hours. So that's two classes right there. Um, I don't think I knew that. I didn't know you had to be taking classes in the summer to be eligible to go to camp, right? Yeah, yeah, you need to be taking classes. Um, the minimum is four hours, so that's one class, I think. But... A lot of the guys were taking two, actually. Uh, I took two classes, and it went pretty great. You know, you, you got to get back from practice and lifts and just work on that, too, because it does catch up to you if you, uh, you know, just 
start getting behind. What'd you take this summer? I took, I think it was English and history. Oh, you didn't want to take calculus or chemistry in the summer during no, your break? Yeah, definitely <laughs> not. You know, I was trying to enjoy my summer too. But. Yeah. Um, and then we, as we moved into the actual season, it looked pretty similar. Uh, the thing that was new was actually in-person class. Um, the classes over the summer were mostly online. There was a couple guys that did have some classes at like seven or eight in the evening, um, later classes in the day really. But um, how we scheduled it is we have breakfast check seven and 7.30, same as always. Um, and then our classes are from 7.45 anywhere to like 12.30. You know, we, we work with, uh, we have advisors that help us get our schedule in and we get all of our classes, everything in through there. At 1.30, we had meetings every day, 1.30 to 2.30, and then from 2.30 to 5.30, we had practice. Um, so we would always do conditioning at the end of practice and then, you know, get a lift in. Um, and then after that, you know, the rest of the day is yours. Uh, we did have a curfew over fall camp. It was 11, but no real curfew in school start, so. I mean, it's they call it the grind for a reason. I feel like that can really, really start to wear on you, like basically physically and mentally. You talk to any any college guy, especially any JUCO guy, and it really, really can start to get tough. Like, is there anything – I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but is there anything that you kind of did that helped you deal with kind of the, the tumultuous grind that is the in-season whenever you're traveling all the time and everything like that? Yeah, no, I mean, like, definitely we had some games up in Oklahoma, uh, New Mexico, where we had to – it was a, you know, 10, 11-hour drive, and it did take away from your week and your classes and stuff like that. So what I would say is time management, you know. You got to learn to – at the start of the week, you can't you can't get behind. Like I said before, you got to, you know, stay on top of everything and uh, just really work hard and have your priorities straight because it does catch up to you if you don't. And we did also have grade checks, and, um, you know, if your grades weren't good, you were ineligible to play, you couldn't play, uh, and you were suspended for a while until you got your grades up. So, I mean, I guess I kind of have to add on to that because, you know, I know, just having not really much experience with Juco, but, you know, you, you watched Last Chance of You going up, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like, a lot of people, like, when they go to Juco, they're just trying to make it. But what do you think separates the people from, like, who actually make it and then some people who just don't – that dream, I guess, doesn't resolve into something they want? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I feel like at any JUCO you go to, you do have, you know, a great amount of talent there, you know, bounce backs, uh, kids that just didn't have the grades maybe. But right. um, I do think that what separates them is – you know, the choices you make, you know, are you going to stay on top of your grades? Are you not going to get in trouble? Are you going to, uh, you know, get your lifts in, your workout in, everything to kind of separate yourself from the pack that everybody is in, you know? Because I really do think it's just like a, like um, just everybody's in the same bubble trying to get out. Right. Do you do people lean on each other and be like, hey, like, hey, you can, you know, let's help each other get to the, where we need to be? Or is it kind of like – I guess like every man for themselves because you know you're all from different areas yeah you know i mean i think i'm not sure how it is that uh, other jucos it might be different but i do think at blend there is a good atmosphere and some like good team chemistry right. um a lot of the guys get along you know it's i, I really do like a lot of the guys there and so uh it's a great team and we do help each other out without a doubt
It's good to hear. Now, this might be really surprising for some people to hear and grasp, but I think that a private high school is probably a little bit different than a junior college. Would I correct in assuming that? Yeah, definitely. So break down for for me some of what you think are the biggest differences between, you know, not necessarily specifically Grace, but like high school, especially private high school and, and junior college, especially like what you had to adapt to. Yeah, I mean, so I feel like, um it is you know there's different aspects of um cultural stuff and uh the teachers also are not gonna i feel like in private schools the teachers help you out a lot um whether it may be like your behavior or your grades um you know stuff in general in college like you have to do it yourself you have to uh nobody's gonna like help you know like your parents aren't going to be there to tell you to stay on top of your grades your teachers aren't going to do that either you either like do the work or you don't um there usually isn't no like extension for a deadline you know um but you know different people too and uh i mean i've made some really good friends and i really have enjoyed it so yeah, so basically you just kind of got to – you have to be able to be accountable for yourself. You can't you, – procrastination doesn't sound like it's your friend no matter what level of college you're at. Yeah, no, definitely not. But uh, it is something I, I think I did struggle with it at the start just because I wasn't used to it. Um, but I do think that the summer helped me get ready for, like, the fall and the season. But Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely sounds like it. You have anything? No, I mean, yeah, I like from just, you know, stories I've heard about just the guys here at A&M, like you kind of get thrown into the fire really quickly and you just, it's, you got to survive or, you know, you got to find your way. So, I mean, uh, it's finding, it's really impressive to get those guys who really find their way, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think I'm like, obviously granted I'm in a JUCO and I, I imagine it's way harder at bigger programs and stuff like that is, you know, a whole different level, but, um, it definitely did have some challenges and sometimes like you're the one that has to you know go get that extra work in uh get extra time on your own set aside and work on you know your technique your um just get extra reps well i think you could probably argue that it's not necessarily harder it, it might be harder at junior colleges not necessarily just in the strict fact that it's more difficult but that there's there's less structure there's a lot less like specific programs written in like six to seven you will lift seven to seven fifteen you will eat etc like you have to be incredibly self-driven to be able to get that done to be able to like if you didn't have time to do something within the time allotted to you by the program you have to do that on your own without anyone standing over you making you do it and i think that kind of goes to what you were saying that like helps separate the people that make it out of juco from the people that don't yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. You know, self-drive, I think, is probably what does help you get out of JUCO. You got to be motivated and, you know, just push through. There are going to be a lot of challenges if uh, at JUCOs. Uh, and any, obviously, any university that you go to, play football, uh, any sport. But uh, self-drive is, I, I would say, definitely one of the best things that you can have. What What was your motivation? Was it just to get out and, like, achieve that dream of going to the next level to play ball? Or was it something else that's, I mean – it's more personal, I get it, but like, if there's not, like, what is it? Yeah, no, I think my uh, my motivation is just I want to get to the uh, you know the highest level I can and just perform and do the best that I can. You know, um, I guess there's a lot of people that have helped me along the way and right. shaped me, and I, I want to make them proud. You know, yeah. But 
I think that's pretty much it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I kind of want to talk about the period, like when the the player is still in high school, but he's about to transition into going to JUCO. What do you think is the best thing that that player or athlete can do? Right, like in in the months leading up to them leaving to go to junior college and play, what do you think is the best thing that they can do to prepare themselves in those few months to get ready and get acclimated to junior college? Secondly, at the floor. Definitely, like, um, they started sending us workouts late spring that we had to do. You don't want to miss out on those because there was some guys that showed up without having worked out at all, showed up to summer workouts because we did have summer workouts before fall camp. Um, and they honestly struggled. Uh, you know, they just weren't in shape and weren't lifting that much. So I would say, you know, stay in shape, stay on top of your classes and just be ready to go. Yeah, and I remember those workouts weren't a joke because we lifted together for a long time in the summer leading up to you leaving. And then when you started getting those workouts in, we couldn't do the same thing anymore because you were doing like absolutely just ridiculous workouts. Like I think one was like you deadlifted like what was it? I think you deadlifted 135 as many times as you possibly could. Wasn't that one of them? Yeah, yeah. And it was more like it was full body stuff. Yeah. Um you know, I'm used to more, say, chest try, back by yeah, type like of workouts. Traditional, you know, bodybuilder yeah, stuff. traditional <laughs> stuff. But, um, but I think it was more like a workout centered around being athletic and complete, uh, you know, everything. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely tough to get adjusted to those workouts at first. And some of the percentages on our maxes for the reps and stuff were pretty pretty tough to hit at times you know some of the reps uh, did get pretty hard but uh, I got used to it I guess and right yeah. I guess one of my questions is I guess for like specifically like kicking I mean you know I guess like you know what I would think would be like all right all you need to really worry about is your legs for kicking when you need to work out but what what's the regiment for like guy in special teams like what what is it literally full body or like what what is something that you truly try to focus on I mean, for special teams, uh, kicking, uh, you want to be ex ex like explosive, flexible, um, you know, uh, efficient with your movement. You got to be agile. So I think it's um, it does take a lot of technique. Um, I think that squatting isn't really as helpful as like Bulgarian split squats, uh, lunges, single leg stuff, box jumps. Um, Granted, it does help to squat, you know, squat heavy, squat deep, but... Um, this is not Alex Quintero saying don't squat. Do not skip your squat program at your high school. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do squat. Uh, and um, But I'm just saying for special teams, it does help to be more explosive and uh, flexible rather than, you know, kind of just yeah, strong. You're doing some yoga here and there, right? Yeah, I do stretch. Uh, you got to stretch a lot. You're pretty um, daggum flexible, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah, I can get... I can get my head over my head, my foot over my head whenever I punt. Um, I got a good high kick, too. But I don't know I, if I can I, beat I, that. I do not. Yeah. I'm about as tight as a clock. I, yeah. I got a little flexibility in me. <laughs> no, it definitely takes some work to get flexible, yeah. too. You know, it's it's not – I wouldn't say it's, like, comfortable to stretch, it, you know. Right. But – uh, you gotta just the stuff you gotta do too. Yeah, this actually leads me into very, very nicely leads me into a segment. I wanna, I wanna basically start that I may or may not have borrowed from another podcast. It's basically I'm gonna show you a picture or a video without any context, and you're going to explain it to us. All right. Which of all the ammunition I have, I 
feel like you might be a little bit nervous. I, I've left some of the some of the dicey stuff out, so don't worry. All this it, is, it'll yeah. be it'll be it'll be on screen too. All, all, all this like is safe right for there. Work. So first, like right th- this is very tame, but we were talking about flexibility stuff. Oh yeah. You want to explain? <laughs> you want to explain tripod for the people? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's just like uh, I guess core strength. Uh, you know, um, I do. I guess I was doing like handstands, and I you can see a mat at the bottom. Right, I can. Um, I guess I was stretching on that, but uh, I guess I was just messing around. And sent this to Wes. So you just so basically the process was you like got up like open Snapchat like you had to like set the self timer. That's a good point. Like, you do have to set the self timer. Yeah, like, yeah, you had to put it. So it wasn't just like a, it wasn't yeah. just like a spontaneous thing. Like you had thought about that you wanted to like take a picture of this and like have this documented. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was just messing around. But. <laughs> tripod is is one of my personal favorites this actually isn't embarrassing and more of just an absolute freak show type of thing but this is this is you a video of you benching 225 for just see how many times you get it up that's actually nuts it's a lot it's going to come out to about 14 reps yeah 14 you don't understand how angry that makes me it's like someone that lifts like that a kicker can just absolutely destroy like anything close to what I can do. Hey, respect the kickers, man. That makes me like physically upset. I think I've voiced this to you before. Like, I don't understand how you're that strong. Yeah. I mean, I guess just I worked out. No, it's good jeans. It's it's not working (laughs) out. It's, it's it's only jeans. Yeah. Okay. Blame me on the jeans, but Um, Hey, it's from that, um, it's from that, all that German volume training we did over the break. Oh yeah. Yeah. We did hit some German volume training over the break and I I do recommend it if anybody wants to try it out. Just, just for context, that is 10 sets of 10 reps of a compound movement. So we did that for bench. So we were doing 10 sets on bench of 10 reps, which was an absolute hellscape, but that's neither here nor there. But basically that leads me into, I think what is the last picture I have for the explain segment? This is actually probably my favorite of what I'm going to bring up. I, uh, I yeah. want you to explain this. Yeah, that was me. And, uh, that's me and my friend Gabe. I think this is seventh grade. Um. <laughs> that is not seventh grade. You, that is like freshman year. No, I, that's seventh grade. Are you on? Wait, which one are you? You're the, I'm on the right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Why? Worry, is my, that my a, friend it, Gabe? We were Care Bears. For, I was about to say, is that a, that's a Care Bear? Yeah, we had like a. I think it was we had a. Uh, costume like contest at at gorman it was like one of the themes and we just chose to uh be care care bears that day you, you don't find that odd at all you just that you're saying that like it's like an incredibly i mean you don't think that's drip no i don't think it's drip at all i think I, I'm, I'm not, not a big that. i'm not a, I, I now like if it was sesame street it might be different half of the school that day would probably disagree with you i feel like we did get there were a bunch a of care bears you're telling me there are a lot of care bears no there was a lot of people that liked the care bears we got a lot of pictures of people and stuff so I think it was. There were celebrities that day. Yeah, Yeah, it was a great costume pick. By the way, that's not. There's, there's not only one, but two. There's two documented pictures of you in the camera. Yeah, no, yeah, there is, and we. I mean, that was. uh, I think that was actually homecoming week. (laughs) Um, They told us to. Captions fantastic, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I don't even know what the caption is, but. um, Oh. Oh yeah, you played you played soccer as well. You're a little dual sport athlete when we were at Gorman. I mean, what did you, did yeah. you enjoy playing soccer? Yeah, I definitely did. You know, um, I'm from Mexico. I grew up playing soccer. It's it's a very big part of, uh, I guess, 
uh, culture, family, you know, everybody in my family loves soccer. Uh, my parents didn't want me to play football. They wanted me to stick to soccer, but um, I just, I guess, I ended up playing football. Oh, yeah, I guess we forgot to mention that you, you're, you are Mexican, you're Hispanic, you were born in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. When did you move to the States? Um, I was four, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, been here ever since, and we, we go back pretty often. We go back uh, summers and Christmas whenever we can to see family. So do you support the Mexican national team then for soccer? Yeah, I mean, or do you, uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I go for both. All right, that's oh respect. That's, uh, such, that's such a cop out answer. No, it's a respectable answer. I think one of the funniest things ever was it was the year I met you. It was your sophomore year, my senior year. We were watching like a video in some like some chapel class or something, and it was Shrek. And like we like we'd been talking for like a little while, but like you like like you like leaned up or something. And you're like. This song's better in Spanish because you learned you 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 learned Shrek in Spanish. You watched Shrek in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like SpongeBob, Shrek, <laughs> everything, everything was in Spanish for me growing up. You know, on the TV. So, uh, you know, it, it was weird hearing it for the first time in English over here. I do remember that. But I remember. I think I went like, and I was like, "Well, how does it go in Spanish?" And you like literally just like busted it out like how it went in Spanish. It was like might have been the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. It was awesome. I guess back to, I guess, some questions. I guess, like, we talked about it at the very beginning of, like, you're like, why did you make that decision? But going into, like, why you made the decision for colleges made sense. But, like, I mean, that's doing the JUCO route. It's not an easy task to, like, say, hey, I'm going to do this. Like, like did you, did you get advice from anyone or did you – or, like, your family, friends, family? Like, who how, who helped you make the decision to be like, hey – I'm going to go this route and, you know, see how it goes. It was actually um, one of the – I mean, it just kind of seemed to all fit together. Right. Um, I was in – I think I was like two or three weeks out from signing date. And, um, you know, I was talking to one of our coaches who actually punted at Georgia uh, there at Grace and the athletic trainer who both helped me out a ton. Um, but – they they I was just talking to them. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have these offers, which were all preferred walk ons uh, for kickers. Most of the time you get a preferred walk on scholarships are rare. Um, but I was like, I'm just not sure what I'm going to do. Um, and one of them just brought it up. They were like, have you thought about going to Tyler? Because I'm from Tyler. Right, right. They, they said, you know, have you thought about going to TJC? And um, and I was like, no, I really haven't thought about going the Juco route. So that night I actually looked up the JUCOs in, you know, in the area and uh, I ended up following uh, Blinn, Navarro, TJC, uh, and I think Trinity Valley and none of them got back to me except for uh, Blinn. And he, I mean, the Blinn coach hit me, hit me up right away and, you know, it just kind of seemed to fit. Talked to him on the phone the next day and it just went from there. Yeah, and how has that relationship with that coach been? And, you know, uh, how, how has he helped you in this process of, you know, uh, through the season, through the off season, and you know now I'm like trying to see where your future holds. Yeah, I mean I can say he's definitely helped me out a lot. Um, he has a lot of contacts. Uh, he he's put my film out in front of a lot of people, uh, good schools and everything. And um, he's very smart. He's he's our special teams coordinator. He's very smart at scheming everything and how the game fits. Um, I've had some conversations with him where uh, he kind of makes me feel like I don't know anything about football. You know, <laughs> just like. 
how yeah. everything, the blocking, the schemes, uh, there's a lot more to it than I guess what everybody thinks. Um, right. But he's definitely helped me out a ton, and I have a lot uh, to thank of him. But and Special teams are a different breed. Not a lot of people understand how much little minute details go into, especially like you said, scheming and everything for that. But it's it's interesting to hear like perspective from a guy like on the inside of like how much goes into that because it's – it's super, super interesting if you actually like football to know the the inner workings of it. But basically, so just kind of getting towards like the close here. Um, but yeah, I know as a specialist specifically, you you do a lot of outside work, not just with Blinn or with whatever team you're with. You go to Cole's camp, you do Chris Saylor kicking, you do a variation of stuff. To guys and specialists that really, really want to take their game to the next level, how much has that helped you in like going to outside specialists, how much does that play into your success? You know, I think it's definitely a big part of my success. Um, I feel like very few people know, or especially at maybe lower levels, I they don't have uh, some of the tools to, you know, really break down your technique and tell you why um, maybe you missed that kick or, you know, what's really going on. Uh, sometimes even like the mental aspect of it, you miss this one, you, you know, you got to make the next one. Um, but I feel like I do have, uh, I feel like the ones that have helped me the most making my technique better has been one-on-one, one-on-one kicking. Uh, you know, they're based in, I think, Alabama, but they have Coach Egan here in uh, Texas, and he's he's great, you know. Uh, Coach Goggins, too, he's helped me out with my punt a ton, and, uh, you know, those guys are great. Yeah, I mean – Going to those camps while you're especially let's like go a little back now, sorry, but like in high school, how important are is it to go to those camps, like especially for kicking, because I mean, if you told me how do you get recruited for kicking and I couldn't tell you right now, but how important are those camps for getting evaluated and recruited for, you know, future? Yeah, honestly I think, you know, for me coming out of a smaller private school, um, I didn't have much exposure uh coming out of there, so uh, going to camps was really the way that I started getting looks and Twitter Twitter I think was is very important for recruiting you know I, you just go on there you start posting uh, your achievements everything you've done highlight videos um, and you just start tagging coaches I think that's kind of how I start getting noticed too um, but I think that the Cole Sailor one-on-one camps do get you exposure as a kicker um, you know the rankings and everything yeah. yeah, I mean, no, you really – you can't solely – like, it's funny because I'm going against, like, holding yourself accountable and stuff, but you can't solely rely on yourself, especially if you want to take your game completely up a notch or make it to the next level. You have to have outside people look at you and tell you what's wrong. Recruiting is not something that – very seldom do you ever get a kid that just does high school football and then his senior year he has offers. He, you have to put in the work to get yourself recruited. Especially at a like a lower level like private school, especially for D two and below, a lot of people aren't really looking at that. So you need to put yourself out there, and Twitter is a perfect way to do that. And don't you ever forget it for anyone listening, because it's a perfect way to get recruited. Kind of reminds me, we're going on a tangent. It, we've been doing obviously we've been in the works of doing the award show. We have scouted a ridiculous amount of people and gone over so much film. If you don't have a Twitter and you're playing high school private football and you even like want an inkling of getting recruited 
make a Twitter or recognized even just there's no reason not to have one if you're playing high school football it's just it's literally almost just completely necessary at this point that's just kind of speaking from my own frustration whenever we're trying to go find like stats for these kids that are like are competitive and up for awards and they're just nowhere to be found so make a Twitter Alex can tell you it, it can tell you it's vitally important and very very helpful in the long run yeah and also like Whenever you're emailing coaches and stuff like that, you know, you go onto their website, um, the staff, you see their email. Like, you you can't just send one email and just wait for them to, you know, get back at you because they probably never will. You have to be constantly sending emails because you have to remember they're probably getting hundreds and hundreds of emails, uh, DMs, messages. So I feel like the more that they see you, the more, you know, they'll start to remember you and uh, check you out. But you also have to do stuff to stand out. You know, you, you can't. You have to post um, or show them stuff that separates you from everybody else, and that'll like pretty much get you recruited. Yeah, you have to do things that it's kind of all goes back to. You have to do things that make you stand out from the rest of the people, because not everyone goes on to the next level. It's only the people that stand out from the crowd. Are you gonna say anything, Walker? No, I. I because of just being in the industry now, like I will get those random texts and DMs from kids. I've getting kids from like Alabama, Ohio. What what's up, Coach Lot? I'm I'm a I'm a college kid. You know, I appreciate it, but you know, I mean, it's it's pretty intuitive. It's you got to take your hat. No, off but to like them. every time that I see that, I'm like, hey, uh, you know what? Like I know I couldn't help this kid because it's just not what I do. But I do appreciate, like I do uh, like respect them going out trying whatever they can to get recruited and I really respect that so no without a doubt and just kind of on on a bit of a closing note what advice would you have for any high school player that's considering going to JUCO so just kind of a summation or yeah basically a summation of everything you've said to this point just kind of a little bit of advice for anyone that's considering going to JUCO out of a private school I mean if you're going to JUCO out of a private school um, you might not have some of the resources that were available to you before so um you know you're gonna have to be ready for that you're gonna have to be ready to uh work hard you know keep yourself accountable and you know you just gotta have that self-drive and stand out from everybody else very well put i don't think i could have said it any better myself walker you have you have anything else any other comments oh absolutely uh let's talk about this guy right here um you see, he, he got you with the photos earlier, but you get to come back. Talk about this kid at Grace. I mean, was, was he like that? Was, was he even – was he decent? I don't know. Like, how was the kid? And be real. He's I mean, I feel like, you know, it kind of got to the point where they had to put him in. Like, this kid's a senior. Like, let's just – I know, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, Wes was a great player. You know, he played both ways for us. Uh, great safety, you know. He taught me a lot about receiver. I, I ended up playing receiver my senior year. Uh, he ran a great comeback route. I'm sure he can tell you a lot more about that. He had it right. down to a science, but um, <laughs> I did have it down to a science. Yeah, he tried to help me, but I just I just can never get it down. See, but. you you gotta you gotta sell the fade. You have to make them think you're running the fade. You gotta like put your hand up and everything in the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hit those hit those drums. You gotta hit you gotta hit the drums. Yeah. Because if you're not if you're not like quite quick enough to just hit it one cut and turn like me, because obviously I'm not gifted with the most athleticism, you gotta 
got to hit the drums. Yeah, they, I remember they, they also put me in at safety at some point sophomore year, but I don't think I was a, much of a safety. <laughs> I don't remember you ever going in. Yeah, you played center. corner for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we played corner, but I had to go in against center. Um, and I did give up. I think it was like a touchdown. I remember and, that. Yeah. I remember that vividly. Yeah, I think yeah, it was I a think, tough game. I, think, yeah. I, I remember that day. I think that's about when Coach Thompson looked at me and he was like, "You cannot come out of the game for the rest of the year. We need you. We need you on defense yeah. at all times." I mean, but I did find a good spot at linebacker. I think. You yeah, know, you did. So, well, it's a it's yeah. a sophomore. You like played considerable varsity minutes on a good team at linebacker. Yeah. So. Athlete. Out. Athlete. Period. <laughs> I guess uh, you know what you. What are you up to now? I guess that's uh, what we can end it there. What you up to now? How's workouts? Just what's the process for you right now after the season? Yeah, right now we're just getting back into uh, you know lifting, conditioning. They did give us, uh, I guess, Christmas break off, right. so that was good. Right now, I'm uh, I am hearing from a, a few uh, good schools that I am very interested in. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be taking some visits uh, here in the in the spring and. Um, you know, I'm going to see if anything comes up. I might not be at Blue next year, but if not, right. then I'll probably, you know, go back for my second year, get some more film, and, you know, do it again. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, I guess for my, you know, I get, he'll wrap it up, but, I mean, thank you for coming on. I mean, we'll have his socials on screen down below, so go give him a follow, you know. Appreciate the love that he's given us, and, you know, we'll support it back. So, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, without a doubt. Make sure to make sure to follow the boy. Keep up with him on, on Twitter and any socials we put on there. He, uh, he puts in a ton of work. Uh, I don't give him a lot of compliments, and I'm very proud of him to see where he's going and to see the, the journey from here on out. So, Alex. Thank you again. Always a, always a pleasure. This has been another special interview edition of the Texas Private School Podcast. If you made it this far, please like the video and subscribe on the YouTube channel on the screen right now. That helps us a ton getting our message out there, and it really, really helps us gain traction. So, as for me, I have been one half of your hosting crew today, Wes Tolleson. Walker Lott has actually been himself. We thank Alex Quintero yet again for coming on and joining us. We will see you in the next episode. See you later.